the best ability I can give any athlete I work with is availability. It is really hard to get paid millions of dollars if you're hurt all the time, right? Say that again. The best ability is availability. You are listening to the Live Better Show with Brett and Jason, where we dive into life crushers, changing their game, talking about wellness, and sharing a message of putting plan into action. Live Better is based on five pillars. Move better, eat better, think better, give better, and live better. We move for freedom, to do and go where and when we want. We practice good nutrition to combat an age of being overfed and undernourished. We practice mindfulness for ways to live purposefully. We give better as the basis for why we do anything at all, especially when focusing on the health of our clients and community. And at the intersection of it all, we live better. Health and wellness is the sustainable fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. Our guests share their story, their mission, and the pursuit of having the best day ever every single day. Hey, turn up, bitch. <laughs> the Live Better Show is brought to you by Live Better Retreats. Come join us on an epic adventure where we will fuel your body, your mind, and your spirit to accomplish new goals. This time is the right time for you to join us on an epic Live Better experience. This full immersion opportunity will grant you access to the best in nutrition, wellness, movement, yoga, and an amazing community you will bring home after the trip. Right now, you can join us on a Live Better experience to have the best day ever every single day. Let's crush it, fam. Yo, what's up, fam? We are here with Sam Pogue um, at On It in Austin. Super excited to dive into so much fun stuff, um, but Sam, let's just start by um, telling everybody what you're up to with On It right now, and we'll get into all of your other fun stuff. Yeah, so currently I serve as the director of strategic partnerships at On It. So really from a traditional workplace setting, that would be I oversee business development. I'm focused on finding other organizations and uh, partners inside of wellness and health space or fitness space uh, to find unique ways that On It can provide value to them and in return, we can expand our reach and our audience by getting value from that particular person's allegiance or or um, partnership with them as well. So really working on companies like um, Exos, which is one of the largest providers of sports performance, or Gold's Gym, um, or Whole Foods, or Air One Markets, or um, the Philadelphia Phillies, or the Chicago Cubs, like um, working through different avenues of that nature. So really trying to go out and see what ways we can provide value to those particular streams. Uh, additionally, I teach education for the Ana Academy, which is our fitness education platform, and so I teach seminars there. Uh, and then I oversee our baseball performance program from a sports performance setting and train our uh, baseball players that play train here in the off season so a little bit of kind of <laughs> where we're at here um, lots of great stuff yeah can you uh fill our listeners into what on it is yeah so on it is a lifestyle brand focused on helping optimize human performance through the use of earth grown nutrients fitness and mindset training uh we started out in 2010 with a flagship product called alpha brain it's a nootropic or a cognitive enhancer brain vitamin if you will We've sent it off to the Boston Center of Memory for three different placebo-controlled double-blind studies, coming back 
proven to increase efficacy in uh, memory, focus, verbal recall, and executive function. From there, we've moved on to a number of other different streams of products from uh, pre-workouts that utilize the, the cordyceps mushroom, uh, hemp proteins, whey proteins, deodorants, toothpaste, um, what else, immune boosters, digestive enzymes, um, keto uh, boxes, like a subscription keto box. We do a lot of MCT oils and joint oils um, and just finding everybody's way or providing an outlet for everybody to choose their own adventure when it comes to optimizing their own health. Because for some people, that might just be going on a walk in the morning. For some people, that might be trying to clear the brain fog in their head so they can be more mentally clear at work. For some, it might be going in and killing it in the gym and trying to get a mass- a great workout. Or some people, it's maybe trying to recover from beating their bodies up for years of performance. Whatever that may be, we want to provide an outlet for those individuals to optimize their own performance in whatever capacity uh, that they see as a value to them. So supplements, foods, fitness equipment, fitness education. Um, we're an e-commerce store, you know, mostly online, but we're also like in Whole Foods, Sprouts, Air One Markets, um, Amazon, obviously. We work with a number of professional athletes from Earl Thomas to Cowboy Cerrone to Jake Arrieta um, and uh, just trying to find unique ways to provide value inside of uh, each space uh, as they are all different audiences that we can touch. Yeah, I'd love to um, talk about your first product for a second. So Alpha Brain is a nootropic, and I've experimented with it a little bit, but mm-hmm. what is like the saturation period for having that work? Because I know you guys also have your instant formula, yep. which I would assume is tangible a little bit faster. Um, but Alpha Brain, like over a cycle period of taking that supplement, like when could people start to feel that effect? Because I know that was like your first product, that was your introduction to the mm-hmm. market, and then we'll get into it, but it's expanded to... A million different amazing options, and Alpha Brain is the first thing that I saw. But I've actually never taken a nootropic like over the course of a month or two months. Like, what yeah. does that look like? So, <clears throat> all of our products are plant-based, non-stimulant based. So, you're not going to take this and, and get like a Ritalin or an Adderall type effect. Uh, I'm guessing. Uh, not that I've ever taken one of those things, <clears throat> um, but <laughs> uh, you know, so it's not like you have this like all of a sudden like limitless like effect it's very subtle like so for me if i'm at a conference and i'm taking it like i notice i can clear that brain fog out and i'm ready to go a little bit sharper uh quicker but it's not like excuse me where this like it hits you and all of a sudden you're just like turned on and you're accelerated you know what i mean i guess maybe if you did it with like a red bull you might be able to do that (laughs) it's like double whammy um the instant formula just it's assimilated quicker obviously going through the uh as a liquid as opposed to having to break down as a capsule not everybody's guts are healthy enough to assimilate everything they take in the capsule form um but there's no like it doesn't need to be like ramped up like you don't need to get x amount the last clinical trial we just did actually uh prove that it takes to effect from the very first time you take it as opposed to needing to have this build up time yeah. uh, inside of it. So um, for a lot of people, it might just be, it's very subtle, right? But it's all about how much acetylcholine your body has naturally and how well your body utilizes it. And acetylcholine is the, the primary um, function for cognitive thought. And so uh, that's where the target of the product of Alpha Brain is. And so it's... Um, it's this, I don't know, it's hard to explain because some people do have like, okay, and maybe it's placebo effect, right? They yeah. take it like, okay, now I'm ready to start my day. 
But, like, I definitely notice uh, a clarity function to it when I'm using it in that capacity where I have to be on for, like, a podcast or at a conference. Or maybe I've got to train an athlete or maybe I'm going into a big meeting. But it's not something that you need to take every day just to, like, make sure that you're, um, you know, on it, quote, unquote. But, like, I know <laughs> yeah. we never hear that one. Uh, <laughs> but it's it, – I mean, you'll feel it if you just took it today instead of not taking it tomorrow. You wouldn't have to take it for, like, six days just to get it yeah. going. Um, and then, and there's no, like, lifespan in terms of, like, how long it lasts. It just lasts until your body processes it. Um, you know, if you take it really close to bed, a lot of people experience lucid dreaming, which some people are into. Um, and, uh, like, some people even try to take it to the extent of trying to control their ge- dreams and, like, manipulate what they're doing from that consciousness. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – there's no, like – because you there's no stimulant you could take it at night, you know, or in the morning or kind of whenever you're feeling that, like, that little bit of fog or that crash in your head is the best, best kind of time to take it. Um, but, yeah, without the stimulant function of it, there's no, like, you know, how, half-life or anything as long as it lives in you. Yeah, but I think that's kind of what's cool about your products and just about your messaging in general is that it's not all this, like, very quick hit. It shows you that this builds on that. You can take this to support that function, and then that allows you to go train. And, hey, we have tools for that. We have supplements to help you break down foods if your gut is, you know, not up to par. And I think that's a cool, good, consistent message that Brett and I have been trying to preach is that you don't get these quick fixes. Like, you can't mm-hmm. just drink a cup of coffee for everything. Like, some things take, like, you getting up and putting in the tough work, but that there are these awesome tools available to you should you need to, you know, be on at work, which yes. is, I'm assuming, at least once a day, you probably have one bigger moment than the rest where you need to get on a phone call and say something important or mm-hmm. be awake for a meeting or to train a client. So that you have all these tools available is really cool. That's initially what drew me to on it. That's awesome. That it, it, it served a function for more than just like, hey, how can I get a pre-workout or how can I get protein for afterwards? It's like, how right. can this one brand that I trust support all these different things that I take with me? Absolutely. And from a, from a marketing or a branding side of things, like, do you want to just do the same model everybody else is doing, right? Because that's what says works, right? But, or do you want to try something unique and create a culture for people to be a part of a movement for people to be a part of? And that's kind of the difference of us being a lifestyle company than just a high performance. Like for a while, we probably just lived in like the biohacker space, right? With the nootropics and the, and the, uh, anti-stress formulas and whatnot. And we're just now moving into high performance, like with athletes, uh, and moving into companies like whole foods, starting to bring us on as everyday solutions, uh, for health and wellness. Um, but it doesn't discredit either route that we took, but from a marketing branding standpoint, like what a great way to express people to be a part of your community is to indoctrinate something that's important to them and creating a solution that makes them better in whatever eyes, uh, that they hold, hold values too, right? So if, if they hold their, their work very high value and that's what we can do to provide value, then that's great or their performance or whatever that may be. But that creates a different movement than just like, oh yeah, I take this, this supplement cause I get a good pump, which is great. <laughs> right. And it's a great yeah. product to have that. Right. But it just may not be what keeps you there and keeps buying it because then you'll always have starry light syndrome. Right. What's the next one coming out? Always be willing to try it versus like, oh, my gosh, this company's been a part of my journey. Like I lost 80 pounds and now I've got a promotion at work and I was super unhappy with my relationships, you know, and like it seems weird to compile all that from a supplement. But like that's who we are becoming right now as an organization. Right. With Aubrey and Kyle spearheading like the optimization route and who they are as personalities and touching those audiences uh, to what we do on the fitness side, to what we do as an organization with the branding and the people that we're collaborating with. You know, we get millions of emails a day that's like, oh, my gosh, that podcast changed my life or, uh, 
you know, taking new mood, which is our anti-stress formula has really changed how I manage my anxiety or whatever it is. And it's pretty amazing. So whether, so, you know, I know people are going to listen to that. Like, oh, what a crock of shit uh, about like how you're telling me all these things that you guys do. But like at the end of the day, we all got into this to help people, right? We all get into wellness because we want to help people. So even if the products were placebo and we didn't have scientific studies behind them to back them up, even if it was that and we're getting that response, who cares? (laughs) Right? Like, if someone, like, we see it all the time on Instagram, like, you see training you don't like, and yes, from a safety standpoint and education, like, I want those people to be better, right? But at the same time, like, they're touching that client and they're making them better. So is it what I would have done? Did it attack what I attach value to? Probably, right? And am I being reactive to something I didn't like because it's not what I would have done? Or can I step back and be less reactive and realize, like, hey, you know what? They're still helping people. Like, she is now at least walking twice a day and eating a vegetable once a week, right? Or whatever it is. Like, yeah. And that's a million things more than what she was doing yesterday. I've been having this conversation so many times the last three weeks. And what you said is, at least I agree with completely. It's like you're, you're going to have maybe uneducated or less experienced people disseminating health information and especially in this phase when you can go on Instagram and pretend you're a trainer or mm-hmm. a health coach or whatever. And I, but then you take a step back and you just think like they're influencing people to do something that you weren't. Mm-hmm. So like you could have all the information in the world, but if you're not reaching them, like they're not going to hear it. Yep. So they won't do it. So if somebody is going to reach them and they're going to get healthier or that at least spawns them to like look into their own education further so that they can do it like that's what's important and then it brings the whole wellness space up and just generally like our interactions with people because brett and i's obviously big message is that wellness is the foundation of whatever you're doing and we're not trying to turn people into trainers just like you guys aren't either but that you're trying to turn people into like the best lawyer the best banker or the best husband or wife or whatever that might be and that because wellness is the foundation of that we should look to elevate it as a total platform yeah be less shitty than you were yesterday (laughs) (laughs) so your your lifestyle is very travel heavy very um very like quick meetings lots of in and out lots of um immense interaction in short periods of time um a lot of the people that we train that we work with live that same lifestyle you're Mm -hmm. hopping on planes you're right around like 50 flights 45 tomorrow 45 (laughs) flights within you know three quarters of the way through the year yeah um a lot of people live that life so how do you if if we're talking to that person how do you use on it from a supplement um, movement and a mindfulness perspective that those people can then start to break in if they've never heard about it before yeah. or they don't understand about alpha brain or like what, you know, what can you use or what do you use? And then they can pick and choose and start from there. Yeah. For me, you know, living a really heavy travel life and especially when I go into these meetings, I have to be on like you yeah. were saying, yeah. or I have to perform because maybe I'm teaching a yeah. seminar Right. And so I need to be able to demo and I need to be able to speak. And I probably will have people in my seminar that are more educated than I am. So I'm going to have to field questions that like, okay, that might come at a, either from an angry spot or a challenged a belief spot or from inquisitive. Right. And you have to be able to manage all three types of questions from someone who could easily be like, yeah, I've got more education than you kind of thing. Right. And get them to be on the same page. Right. And so that's just a communication thing. Um, for me, it's a lot of, it changed my training style immensely. So back up a little bit. For me, I fell into fitness like you guys did. I didn't come from exercise science. I was a business major, right, in college. I focused on entrepreneurship, feasibility studies, organizational communications. And 
I only got into fitness because I finished school in 2008 when there was a lot of really awesome jobs uh, in this really cool thing we call a recession. And uh, it opened up a plethora of opportunities for me to take a job as a membership guy at 24-Hour Fitness, and uh, which was super exciting because it's a job I could have done out of high school. Um, <laughs> but, you know, ended up there and, and finding my way into fitness. Um, but, you know, it, it created this really um, – unique opportunity for me to win when I didn't realize I was winning, right? To sit here and look at my life now and to realize that I'm only here because I had to take that job selling memberships is pretty transformative if I look at my journey. Um, so for me, like I came through into fitness as a powerlifting, Olympic lifting, strong strength athlete, right? Focused towards that. And so really focused on periodized program training. Like, okay, Monday I'm going to hit 92, 95, 97% of my deadlift. And then I'm going to do three sets of 15 on my rear foot elevated split squats, uh, with, you know, 72%. And then I'm going to go into some rack pulls at, you know, 98% for 10 singles of a deadlift. Right. And, uh, or whatever it is, I'm making up arbitrary numbers, but, um, and so I used to be that I'm like, okay, for me to train, I have to do it this way, this time lift X amount of weight. And my only attachment to value of my fitness was how much load I could move or how much weight I could lift. And when I showed up to on it, Right, it was all these unconventional tools, right? Maces, clubs. I'd had quite a bit of kettlebell experience in the in the hard style community uh, through Strong First, um, but I hadn't done any of like the rotary work or the lateral work or the flow work or even the ground based movement approach um, to what we do a lot of with kettlebells here at On It. And uh, it, you know, opening my eyes to how scarcity focused I was about what my training style was. Um, all of a sudden pointed out like, ooh, do I not like that because I just can't do it? Or do I not like it because it challenges what I think? Or do I just not like it because I don't understand it? Right? Something, and it was, yes, it was to all three of those elements, right? And it's uh, like, I attached what I did was the right way to do fitness and anything else that was outside of that was wrong, right? But then trying to understand what the value proposition was behind these other statements. So looking at things like, on it. So I say all that to understand that like, hey, on it's got a different approach than what I came through. And it really evolved my mindset that um, fitness should be very non-dogmatic, like whatever the right tool is for the right job. So as a coach, we have to look at if our only tool is a hammer, right, then everything's going to look like a nail, right? But we need a screwdriver, both Phillips and flathead. We need wrenches. We need crescent wrenches. We need monkey wrenches. We need whatever it is, right, to give the best to our clients, not everybody's trying to be a Cy Young award-winning pitcher. Not everybody's trying to be an all-pro safety. Not everybody's trying to be in an MMA ring, right? So, you know, we got to figure out where, how do we meet people where they're at so that way we can bring them along the journey for a little bit and use the tow rope and get them to a little bit higher plateau, let them run for a little bit, and maybe we have to come back and help them up the mountain again, right? As trainers and coaches, we're just another people on the mountain. We just happen to be the ones leading the charge, Right. But that doesn't mean that we don't have thousands of people following us using our line to get up the mountain, if that makes sense. So I, I say that in that like, OK, well, now instead of always having to feel like I hit to hit these certain lifts or hit these certain movements, some days I go in and I just do like mobility. Right. And I just move my body for 20, 30 minutes. Some days I just do a circuit. Some days I just go on a walk. Some days I try to get after it and I move around quite a bit. Some days I challenge load and I want to see how much I can lift, right? So it really changed the way I looked at my training and really started looking at more of a play style function. Like I'm very novelty seeking. Um, so I'm like some days I'm like, okay, I want to squat tomorrow. So maybe it's with a barbell. Maybe it's with a heavy kettlebell. Maybe it's with a mace. Maybe it's with a club. Maybe it's just my body weight, right? So that's where on it really influenced my training style and really opened up like, oh my gosh, there's all these amazing tools outside of the barbell 
that I can use to get the elicit the training effect that I want, right? Additionally, I'm stronger and I move better than I was when I was powerlifting, right? My top end level one rep maxes aren't the same, but my my relative strength, my you know, um, my three to five RMs are pretty much the same, right? And I have to work on it very little. So that's where on it was like, oh, how do I do just things a little bit better, right? Because I'm kind of an all or nothing person, right? Some is good, more is better. Right? Like, if one stick of alpha brain is good, six sticks of alpha brain must be awesome. <laughs> I feel you on that. Right? <laughs> so it really took a big mindset change to be like, oh, a little bit of something's better than nothing at all. Right? And that's what on it really gave me. Like, okay, I can optimize myself. I can be a little bit better today by doing this. Right? Or maybe just going out and moving. Or just maybe taking a rest day. Like, learning how to chill out. Maybe learning how to meditate. Maybe learning how to go have some alone time. Uh, learning how to ask questions as to... What do I really need right now? So let's look at training from uh, a standpoint. You guys are both married or getting married, right? So, Brett, uh, if you came home from a long day of training, working with a lot of clients, and your wife's name is? Sarah. Sarah. And Sarah's maybe cooking dinner. She's getting peppers and chicken cooked and getting ready to get things done. And she told you she's going to make you this really nice dinner because you've been working really hard, and candles are out, and wine is out, and like you guys are ready to have a nice night. And you come home and dinner's not done. You're like, what the F? Like, why is dinner not being made? I had this big day. I came home early. I could have gone and met with Jason and we could have gotten some stuff done. And here, dinner's not even done yet. What sort of response is that going to get you? Probably one on the couch without dinner. and uh, <laughs> in, the, in the second bedroom. In the second bedroom, right? <laughs> yeah. Versus if it's like, hey, babe, looks like you had a really rough day. Can I pour you a glass of wine? What can I do to help? Can I cut these uh, peppers up? Can I help cook something? You want me to watch something for you? Can I just throw the laundry in, right? That might elicit a way different response than the first one, right? And that's how we treat our bodies. So we go in the gym like, oh, God, my shoulder. I slept kind of funny on it, but shit, today's bench press day. I better go hit my 3RM or I better go hit this rep or I've got to go hit this, right? And next thing you know, something snapped because we were so in our heads that we had to do this and we have a really poor relationship with our body, right? Like, oh, my gosh, just do what I tell it to do. But for years, we've been doing not what it tells us to. So, you know, our body's, you know, quote, unquote, sleeping in the second bedroom a lot, right? And then we, but we ask it to do the things all the time that we want immediate satisfaction and uh, guarantee from. So Ana has really changed my perspective as to what is right, what is wrong, asking the right questions, how to have a better relationship with my body, how to have a better relationship with my mind, how to have a better relationship with the people around me uh, in terms of not only how I communicate, but how I articulate who I am as a man and, and then how do I receive and express those loving pieces. So um Oh, it's been a big change for me uh, personally, and and the move from Portland, Oregon to Austin has been pretty unique in that like I moved to here to Austin to get out of the fitness industry, and then uh, flash forward three and a half years, Try like, to change it. Tra- yeah, it just changed immensely. So in a very roundabout way, that's um, you know. So for everybody else, as you're looking at that to tie it all together, you know, don't try to be something that you're not. If you've been like, if you're a beer sales rep, you're probably not going to get shredded. Right, like you're probably not going to wake up with a six pack and just be this like Ryan Reynolds Deadpool type character, right? <laughs> I just watched Deadpool last night, that's why it's fresh in my head. But um, you know what I mean, like because your job is to go out and chug some beers with some dudes, right? So unless your metabolism has magically gifted you the opportunity to be that guy, you're not going to gain it by having this job. So making sure that your goals and your desires and uh, the way your lifestyle set up is super important. With that being said, 
focus on being a little less shitty than you were yesterday. So rather than stopping and, all right, you get to the airport, like we said, I travel a lot, and normally getting a coffee and a bagel and whatever, maybe get a green juice. Maybe get an acai bowl. Right, and you guys can sit and argue, or people might argue. Well, insulin sensitivity, and did he get this, or was that the right? And like, yeah, I totally can buy all that. I yeah. can buy the whole thing about carbs, and if that person's ready for it. But, but at any point in time, can you just picture that that green juice might have been a monumental change in bettering that person than getting the bagel yeah. and the frappuccino? Well, yeah, okay. So today was a win, right? So as you guys go through your lives, finding small wins, right, and things that can really help. You know, make those transition transitions easier because today you won with getting a green juice. Tomorrow you might even like, oh, maybe I'll go for a walk as soon as I get off the airplane instead of going right to my hotel room and getting a, a drink at the bar. I'm gonna go walk on the treadmill for 20 minutes, right? And then the next thing is like, oh, maybe I'll lift some weights in the in that weight room, or maybe I'll have the salad for lunch instead of the burger, right? So how can you start driving these? Oh, questions for you to be like, okay, one small thing turns into a bigger thing, turns into the next opportunity for you to express that living a little bit healthier life, right? Live better, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's what y'all can focus on as you guys go through this journey of living better, whether you live a lifestyle like mine where you're flying it once a week or you have a family of four and you have, you know, three teenagers and a husband or a wife and, and things are just chaos. And it's like, okay, I get it. Maybe instead of... You know, everybody just fend for yourself for breakfast and cereal. Um, maybe it's like, okay, maybe we meal prep. Maybe I make it like an egg casserole. And then, you know, first person up, throw, on, throw it in the oven. By the time we're all ready, it's ready to go. And then we all have, like, some eggs and spinach together, right? Or rotate. Whose turn is it to prep, you know, breakfast for the mornings, yep. right? You know, maybe that's what it is. But maybe it's just like, okay, I'm skipping out on the Pop-Tarts and I'm going to have um, a bulletproof coffee. Like, is bulletproof coffee the best thing for people who argue with the fat and the calories, blah, 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 blah. But was it a better decision for them? Right? Maybe. Right? Or at least it's a step in the right direction. So I think that's where people can go. Because no one's going to argue with us that is eating a piece of broccoli healthier than going and getting a Big Mac. Everybody knows the answer to that. Right? You don't need to have nutrition, be a trainer. Like, yes, of not everybody has a really good understanding of nutrition or fitness. And that's why we're all, we have jobs. Right? But they know... Is eating a piece of fruit better than eating French fries? We all know those solutions, right? So it's like, okay, let's just try that. Let's just try those kind of things first. And then that's going to start asking you to make better decisions and make better questions and, and having that deeper relationship with our body, right? And, and yes, I work for a supplement company, right? Supplement means in addition to, not in replace of, right? So for me, like first and foremost, I think walking is one of the most undervalued tools of fitness that we have on the market, right? If I'm asking my mom to go do something, I would love for her to go walk two, three days a week, right? Five minutes each day, turns into six minutes each day, turns into seven minutes each day, turns into a half hour, turns into a half marathon or whatever, right? It's just, it's just the parameters I'm looking at it. And, uh, you know, being able to find these solutions for people to find their own wellness. And I think that's where on it is. And that's what like my lifestyles really become. And to be honest, it's really hard to travel like this. Like I'm not in the shape that I want to be in. Right. Like from a fitness standpoint, like I, I move around, I, you know, I, I shoot videos and I do stuff, but like, it's not like I'm at home meal prepping five meals a day, you know, eating everything I'm supposed to. I'm like, Oh shit, I missed th- three windows of eating by being on an airplane. And I'm the type like, I don't want to haul all my food around because like there's days I have to go take people out to dinner and we might have a couple drinks and talk, but that might turn into something bigger. 
right? So, yeah, as much as I want to be the, the trainer that flies around, like, I pack all my food and I eat chicken breast <laughs> and broccoli every meal of the day. Like, the rest of the world in fitness is not like that. So if I go into this meeting, it's like, really? You're going to be that? You're going to be the basic B trainer that packs his, you know, food, which is cool. Like, if you have that dedication, that's awesome. But there's time and a place for it, too. Like, you have to be willing to be reactive to the scenario that you need to be in based on the outcomes that you want, right? I'm not just trying to close a client because to um, sign up for some more training. I'm trying to close a partnership with a billion-dollar industry, right? So sometimes you got to meet people where they're at yep. to do those things, right? So don't be so hard on yourselves. Don't, like, if you have that breakfast burrito in the morning for breakfast, I get it. Like, don't beat yourself up for doing that. Then for lunch, have a salad. And then for dinner, have, you know, protein and veg, or something, right? As opposed, or go to Whole Foods and get the salad bar, as opposed to like, okay, well, I had the br- breakfast burrito because I really wanted it. It's my favorite thing in the airport, right? Then do it. Give yourself that, but then make yourself accountable the rest of the day. So, I want to pull something out of what you were talking about because this is the second conversation I've been having a lot recently is that of health versus performance mm-hmm. and doing things for general health versus like a very specific performance goal, and it applies to so much of what you were just talking about because I think especially the general pop or people who have like, you know, tickled a little bit of their curiosity and they're starting to get into this, but then they see all these people that are carrying around their food and Tupperware that are programming so specifically what they're doing day by day and posting that. And then the end result of that is like a good looking body or a fast 40 time. And it's just like the conversation around, we all aren't trying to be professional athletes generally, and you don't need that to be healthy. Those people have a specific goal, and to be honest, a lot of them are probably giving up some long-term health for something specific. Like, being in the NFL is not healthy for you. (laughs) These guys are giving up a shit ton of long-term durability for a very short-term reward. But that value, as you were talking about, attaching value to fitness is something that has been tough for me recently because I had a really bad injury in January, and I attached so much value to, like, my speed, being able to do a backflip, being able to snowboard and then go run 10 miles. It's just like all these things revolved around my body and I forgot what it felt like just to try and like take care of myself generally. It mm-hmm. was so performance-based and I got wrapped around in that. I got wrapped around macro counting for my calories and like what that can do. It's just, it's so much stuff to be to track and to be accountable for that it can be overwhelming. And this is my job. Like, yeah. That's all I focus on all the yeah. time. I don't have to go like try a case or I don't have to go like work on an IPO. I don't have to do any <laughs> right. of that. Right. So I think it's, a, it's a, it's an interesting conversation, especially when you get, um, really high levels of education being like, these are the things you should be worried about. And here's how we do this. And here's how we program. And it's so detailed rather than just like, you know what, maybe like doing some box jumps just to like see how high you can jump is like cool for a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be this like long conversation about, I, I've also heard just a lot of people like kind of bashing group classes recently. Mm-hmm. And Brett and I are both group fitness trainers for a part of what we do. And I've realized that I just really enjoy doing that because I am getting so many people that wouldn't otherwise exercise. Yeah. And if we get to influence and we get to like drop in these little bits of knowledge in an environment like that, that's fun and engaging, that's going to turn them into a more educated wellness practitioner in their own life. And then they're going to turn around and have those great conversations with their spouse when they come home Mm -hmm. in a real life scenario. And they're going to come home and have that conversation with their own body when they're worn out or when they're traveling a lot and when they have a lot of stuff going on. So like that conversation just between 
doing things for your general health and doing things for, for, for performance. I think setting a performance goal can maybe motivate you yep. day to day, but just being less shitty than you were even yeah. an hour ago or even like the last meal you ate is like, I think is an important sort of like consistency message for people. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm glad you touched on that in so many different areas of yeah. like, even of your own life. No, I love that. And, and what you guys are doing, like it's really easy to live in this bubble. You guys even live in a bubble, mm. right? But to live in this bubble where it's like, okay, like I said before, like I attached a lot of value to my strength and that's what fitness was, was getting stronger, right? And everybody does need to get stronger, right? Like we can argue, you want to sit and argue about like, do the elderly need to train power? People are like, well, they don't need to train power. Like they're not power athletes. They're not going to put 500 pounds on their back. Okay. Well, grandma Betty sitting on the toilet and having to get up on her own, that is a power movement. That is a yeah. one rep max for her to get off the toilet to standing position. Right. And that's a power squat. And they're like, oh, so yeah. <laughs> is she going to do it with a 400 pound barbell on her back? No, but I do need her to express that. And I do need to be, get, meet her where she's at to be able to express that. Right. Personal training and sports performance are very different outcome based results programming. Right. Like I don't care. And then it ties into health. Right. So I don't, if my offensive lineman, like, do I care if he's 6% body fat? No, I need him to be big, aggressive, strong, and durable, and able to move in a lot of planes of motion, right? That is not the same training that I'm bringing to Grandma Betty, who's just trying to be able to watch her granddaughter walk down the aisle, right? For her, she's in a different spot. Like, I'm just trying to get her to move, feel a little bit healthier, right? Be in less pain so she can live a daily life. For him, he's got a very specific goal to produce X amount of force and do X amount of tasks, right? But I think too many people keep trying to live where they don't live, right? Well... Yeah. Does that sports scientist know a lot about fitness? Absolutely. Right. But maybe he's just not the best at relaying that to a 13 year old kid. Right. Not all coaches like working with kids, which is great. Like understand that. Or maybe it's that they don't want to go work with the elderly or just general fitness clients. Like, you know, me, like everybody, there's different levels to where everybody's at. It doesn't, and it's not a hierarchy of like, I'm better than you. It's that I touch a different audience. Right. I'm not trying to be that person. Right. So as a coach, if I'm looking at developing coaches to be in a better light, like from training standpoint, like you need to be able to show me you can teach one on one personal training. That's the easiest environment to manipulate uh, the experience. Right. One on one, very safe, very contained experience and very contained environment. Okay. from there, can you do a small group? Right. Two or three people at a time there. Can you do a larger group like eight to 15 people at a time? Then you can you do a large group? Right. 25 to 50 people. I'm just throwing arbitrary numbers, but larger groups, right? Then you have to look at like, well, can I do education, right? And in a short format, like maybe an hour workshop on kettlebell swings. And then maybe even medium format, that's like a one day or four to six hour thing, right? And then there's a two day. And then speaking, if you're an educator, like being able to articulate a message to 60 trainers, so that way they all understand the same curriculum at the same time and they're all different learning styles, that's a very different game than putting 60 people through a workout, right? So there's all these different levels and you need people at each level, right? I can't, 1% of the world has gym memberships, right? So I can't touch, you know, Susie Q who works at, X company in Chicago, right? But I sure as heck hope I know I can point her somewhere, right? Like, oh, go take one of their classes. Go to uh, uh, Andrea's place that you just went and spoke at. Go to um, uh, Kettlebell Chicago. Go to Midwest Strength and Performance. Like, go to, go to you know, Hair CrossFit. All these places, right? You should have a network of all these places of people and things that you don't do so you can offer that, 
right? Like, if I'm the performance, if I'm an Olympic lifting coach, right, and, like, that's who I touch, like, I better hope I have a great relationship with the group fitness instructors and some massage therapists and uh, some one-on-one personal training because I might train Susie B, but then Susie B's husband, like, does not want to do Olympic lifting and he just wants to sweat and be able to fit into his jeans, and fend off the occasional late night drive through run, right? <laughs> so tell you what, like, I'm happy with him going to Barry's or Orange Theory, yeah. right? Like, I went to Orange Theory with our customer service team uh, one time just to go have an experience. And I checked in on Facebook and did create engagement, and I got a million messages. Because people know, like, me from the hardcore stuff that I've done, right, and how much weight I can lift and all these things I do. And the people, they're like, why are you at Orange Theory? What are you doing? And I'm like... Just check it out. Like, I go to group fat fitness classes quite a bit, actually. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, is it okay? I do. I love Orange Theory. Is it okay if I do it? Right? I'm like, I go, do you like doing it? Yeah. Does it make you go three days a week? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Understand that it may not get you to the body composition goal that you want to do. But from a movement standpoint, I'm pumped that you're choosing to go move three, three days a week at this because you enjoy it with your girlfriends. Now, understand, just like performance that you were talking about, just because you're doing something doesn't mean you're going to get to the exact goal that you want. You might have to change and oscillate what you do to get to that specific outcome, right? So let's look at it from a nutrition standpoint, right? Are you eating to perform? Well, are you an offensive lineman or a pitcher or a baseball player or a basketball player? Like, your success is measured by you being able to hit that game-winning three-pointer, by you being able to run for 90 minutes straight, by you being able to tackle that dude. That is a very different ball game than, like, can you wake up today and can you walk on your own merit? Can you wipe your own butt? Can you stand up on your own off the couch? That's a very different game, yeah. right? Like it's, and they care about different things. So let's look at it from nutrition. Is quinoa an unhealthy thing to eat? No, right? It's a lot of great things that come from quinoa. Now, are there things that may be detrimental for someone's goals? Yeah. That person may not be really happy with grains in their stomach, right? Or they might be very carbon sensitive, so they aren't needing that many carbohydrates to get to the body composition goal that they want to get to. Right. So, yes, quinoa is healthy or fruit is healthy, but it may not be productive to the goal that they want to live. Right. Those are very different outcomes. If you're trying to manipulate and change your body composition, that is a very different goal than just eating for health. Right. And I think we sometimes get so caught up like I'm eating all these healthy foods. Like, why am I not losing weight? Well, like, I I love that you're eating all the apples and oranges and bananas. And I love you do a big fruit smoothie in the morning. Right? And that's a super healthy thing to do, and I really love that you're doing that, Brett. But maybe let's change up our breakfast from a smoothie. Let's maybe have something protein-driven, right? Maybe a couple hard-boiled eggs. Let's just start with that, and then you have your smoothie later in the day, right? I, mean, I can't take – I'm not going to take that away from you right now. Let's just add and then change the way we prioritize things and then start looking at things differently. Then I can start advocating for, hey, maybe we can cut the carbs down a little bit and just time them better around your workout. That might be the next move that we make instead of let's just remove carbs altogether, right? And some people need the all-out effort. Like, hey, we're going to go full Whole30. I need to do a reset, (laughs) which if that's your mind, if you're like that type A, like I'm a fucking boss type person, that might be the best move for them, right? But for someone that's been really unsuccessful in a lot of avenues of their life, they might need a little bit more hand-holding. It's like, okay, today we're just going to start off by, can you just drink a glass of water first thing in the morning? That's your only goal today. Like, or your goal today is to eat one green vegetable. Today, just in general, just one green vegetable. And if that's the romaine lettuce you got on your burger, you won today, (laughs) right? And then guess what? Oh, I did that. Okay. Because do you want to keep doing things that you're successful at or things that you fail at? Not everybody has that demeanor to where it's like, I can't do it. I didn't do it. I'm going to go full effort. Some people do, right, which is awesome. But some people are not accustomed to success. So they've never experienced success and they don't know how to handle succeeding or they're afraid of succeeding, 
right? And so we need to help introduce what it's like to be successful and what it's like to be happy. For so many people, they haven't been happy in so long, they don't even know what it feels like, right? Not only with their bodies, but their relationship with their body, their friendships, right? The people they surround themselves with, right? So we need to reintroduce those things. So finding ways that we can help navigate people's success, right, from uh, maybe it's eating to perform. Maybe giving you a performance goal is exactly what you need to get you on track. Maybe it's giving you the freedom to like, oh, okay, like I don't need to eat broccoli and chicken breast every meal every day. It's okay if I have an apple, right? But I hear carbs are bad. Carbs, are, carbs can not be productive to your diet if that's what you're looking to do, right? But, and it, but an apple doesn't mean it's unhealthy. It just means it's not productive towards that. So I'm okay with you eating the apple. Right? And I'm happy that you ate the apple instead of a donut, right? But maybe we can start having that conversation as to what other maybe I can give you some principles for you to live by or some guidelines that might be successful for your lifestyle. And then we can start asking deeper questions kind of going forward from there. But it's very dependent on the goal, very dependent on the person. And that's where like it's beauty with like us is like, hey, it's different for everybody. Yeah. Right. And then with our fitness, like, you know, don't as trainers too, like I used to think I'm like, ah I remember I, I trained the CTO of Doc Martin. And he's like, dude, we should get some videos of you on the iTunes store. This is when the iTunes store first came out. Um, sorry, I'm old. Uh, and uh, I was like, nobody wants to see me like doing a, teaching a squat on the iTunes store. Like, I'm not. And at the time, I'm following like Joe DeFranco, Smitty Diesel, uh, Jay Frugia, uh, John Russ, and Christian Thibodeau. Those are the guys I followed a lot. And like, if I was them, for sure, put a video of me on the iTunes store doing a teaching fitness. Right. But now I'm like, motherfucker, if I had a video on the iTunes store for a dollar teaching people how to squat, I'd have a dollar. Right. But I mean, it's a dollar more than I have today. Um, But like, you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, I wasn't somebody. So I didn't feel like I was offering that much. I knew I was a good trainer and that I created a good experience for my clients, but I wasn't changing fitness by any means. And it took like now I'm like, oh, it's okay to be that spot. Right. It's okay to do group fitness. Who fucking cares? You're touching more people than I am. Right. I don't train people day to day. Right. I need people who care about this kind of shit that touch that live in their lanes that are trying to make people live better. Right. You're not trying to be the world's best sprinting coach. You're trying to help people meet meet them where they're at to help get them to live a little bit better lifestyle today. Right. And that performance coach isn't trying to like meet people where they're at. They're very much more like you have a goal of being an NFL receiver. You need to get faster. Okay, that's a very different value proposition than like, hey, I'm just trying to fend off diabetes. I want to fit into my jeans and want to not have the double wave with my arm when I wave to my friends. Right. That's where it's at. So more um, an uh, uh, undulating scale of of values, right, that you can plug and play to meet people where they're at and meet yourself where you're at, whether it's nutrition or training or mindset, whatever that may be. But doing a little bit better to live than you did yesterday, I think, is the end all be all goal to start. Right. And that's not who I am. Like, I need a little bit more of a all inclusive approach. But I very much appreciate where anybody is at in their journey and like, okay, today that was your goal. Like, I'm pumped that you just gave up soda this week. Awesome. Reward yourself and have one, right? Tomorrow, let's get back on track, right? That's a much different game. And I'm, you know, if I can provide value to the people that do that and I can provide value to someone else, like, let's let's just work together to be more inclusive to our messaging that we're all here to help people live better. Yeah, I think um, you are interesting because you've worked with the entire spectrum. And so some of the projects that you are personally working on right now, which are really awesome, um, Fitness Break Room being one, where you interviewed me, which is awesome. It was really fun, um, which is a podcast. I would love you to, to chat about that. And then your upcoming product coming out, yep. which you're kind of teasing right <laughs> yeah. now, so you can say as much yeah. as you want. But what's really cool is those two things are going down that lane, meeting people where they're at. One is like population that is just 
trying to continue to improve. Fitness Break Room is geared more towards the trainer and showing the story of the trainer, which I think is super interesting because for two reasons. One, Jason and I get a bunch of questions of how did you get into fitness? Mm -hmm. And our story is very similar to yours. And a lot of people want to start doing that. They want to see a physical impact in a person. Yeah. So that's a great story. But then all the way on the other end of the spectrum, you train Jake Arrieta. (laughs) So you have the guy that's trying to, that his body is his source of income Mm -hmm. and his goals are very different because he's trying to last an entire season and perform so that he can pitch game seven of the world series. Yep. So I would love to start with the first two, um, Mm -hmm. talk about fitness break room being less fat and then kind of transition into how you tweak a high level athlete. Yeah. So, you know, for me, when I first got hired on it, like I said, I was the very first member of the gym here when it opened up, and I moved here to get out of the fitness industry. I was not here. I didn't want to teach education, uh, and to be honest, I didn't think I was in a spot where I had enough value to give. I knew I gave a good experience as a trainer, but like I'm not these guys that I was referencing before, that, like the people I was following. Right, like I didn't think I was going to be an inspiration to trainers. I think I could have. I lived very well in my lane of that's educating the 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 knowledge worker, right, and. Uh, so when I moved down here, it was to not be in fitness at all. And so I started like really um, helping the trainer network kind of grow and teach them about how to manage their prices and run their businesses a little bit better. And that was the value I could give because that's where I did well. And then it turned into, well, I'm starting to take all this education. I liked training. Like, don't get me wrong. I liked being a trainer. I just didn't want to be a trainer day to day in terms of how I made my money. And so, uh, it turned into, oh, I was just going to all this continuing education. And then it turned into like, I was bringing other educators in to teach education, like the John Russins, the Mark Changs and the Perry Nicholson's and Mike T. Nelson's. And then it turned into like, oh, I'm going to these conferences and I'm meeting people. And because I was a representative on it, I was getting all these inquiries and all these people to want to engage in conversation. Well, then it started turning into that. I was getting engaged for being Sam, not just for being part of on it which was really cool. And I was like, as I'm traveling around the world, it's like, oh, what do I have access to that um, a lot of people don't? And that's like fitness professionals. And uh, I'm like, well, I was at the Barbell Business Mastermind. Barbell Business was an extension of Barbell Shrugged uh, back in the day, which is another fitness podcast. And I went to their mastermind. And at the mastermind, you did what's called a hot seat. And so you have 30 minutes where you present your greatest challenge and or your greatest obstacle or opportunity to this group. And so in this group, I had like Mike T. Nelson, uh, who's one of the RPR instructors and, and a strength coach and the leading expert on metabolic flexibility from a research side. Uh, Aaron Hind, the founder of FitAid, uh, Angelo Cisco of, of CrossFit O'Hare, and he was one of the uh, Barbell Ethos business coaches, Marcus Gersey, and a number of other fitness professionals. And at the time, I was like, okay, well, I'm giving all this information away of how to be a better personal trainer and how to run a better training business away for free. And I need to start monetizing that. And right now it's cool because it's a value add to what I do for my day job. But as I try to build my platform to make my next evolution, then I should probably start charging for services like this if this is what I'm going to start getting myself into. And uh, I'll get into that whole build a platform thing as we go here in a minute. But, um, you know, I started uh, talking about like how I want to run this like course for coaches and how to be better coaches. And, and it was heavy coaching. And then, uh, like going home every day after work and having like three or four hours of phone calls, that's kind of where I thought it was going. And Aaron Hind over at Fit A grabbed me off to the side and he says, Hey, I don't know what this is going to end up turning into. I think that you run a lot off passion and, and, uh, are really good in this dynamic environment. He goes, whatever you choose to do, it should be in video 
and uh, engaging format like that. And I was like, oh, okay. So not like blog content, not writing. He's like, yeah, no, you need to be in video. And I was like, hmm, podcast, right? What do I have access to that a lot of people don't? It's all these other fitness professionals coming through, right? And my job is to keep pulse of what's going on and go out and connect and do these things and meet up with guys like you. And, and it's like, oh, shit, what a great opportunity. As I'm traveling the world, like connecting with different people and organizations, what a great way for me to include them in what I'm doing, right? Because not everybody's on the Onnit podcast, right? But it's a great way to tell stories of what else is out there. Additionally, I hate, 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 right? I hate this concept of the, of the younger coach or the younger trainer, any in that matter, that think they deserve everything from the day one, right? Like, I, I should deserve this, or why am I not being highlighted, and why am I not getting this? And I just want to be like, have you tried to put your head down and work really fucking hard for a little bit? Like, I made this tweet the other day. I was like, so many coaches are in a rush to go out and teach workshops and write an ebook and be a presenter and get into speaking engagements. But you know what? Like, let's just focus on being the best coach we can be for a while. And through that, you're going to start getting asked to be in these opportunities. The people who are speaking right now, the people who are up in the front of the room teaching these courses, right, they've been putting out content for like 10 years. You're over here telling me that you're tired of teaching classes? Well, this coach that you're following is still teaching classes, and they've been doing it for 25 years, like, and they've been putting content out. Like, don't try to rush this. And And it's not because you're young, and it's not because you're not smart enough. You're definitely smart enough, but it's putting in the time to put that FaceTime in and to that's going to equate and build your platform in the market that get people to want to bring you in to speak, right? So one of the biggest questions I get DMs about all the time is, how do I get to be a speaker or how do I start teaching education? Not just for on it, but just in general. I said, well, you know what the trick is to being a speaker? What? People got to want to hear you speak. Yeah. And they're like, huh? I'm like, yep, that's, that's the trick right there, right? Is people invite you to speak because you've said something profound that makes them want to hear it again. And they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah you don't just get asked to speak just based on who you are and what you do. I go, the podcast is purely about, tell me the story about how you got to where you are. Not about, I don't give a shit if you're a Barry's coach or a kettlebell person or a performance coach. Tell me about how you were the little kid that got beat up all the time. Cause you only knew how to deal with adversity with anger. And once you lost all your weight, cause that's what was causing your anger was your weight insecurities that taught you empathy. And that's why you decided to become a trainer. Tell me that story. Tell me how you lived in your gym for three years because you couldn't afford rent in a gym and your own apartment. And so you lived in the, in the gym, sleeping in a sleeping bag on the floor with a mini fridge and a blender. And that's why you are a trainer. That's why, because you used to be a pro snowboarder and you fell off the deep end and got really heavy into drugs. And now you decided to go all in on this. And so the only solution you had was, okay, I rented a gym, but I can't rent an apartment. So I'm going to sleep here. And I'm that dedicated to this vision. And that's what they want to do. Tell me that story. Don't tell me how everything's always worked out in spades for you, right? From mo- all these movies, right? There's only like a, only a few plot lines in movies, right? Or any of these stories. No one wants to hear the story of the kid that went to Harvard, that grew up with money in a trust fund, that married the perfect 10 model, that got the internship at Goldman Sachs because daddy's the president, that, you know, has the cool high-rise condo on the West Loop, that, you know, has the the three-bedroom condo looking out over the river, right? No one wants to hear that story because it's like no one else can relate to it, right? People love sports because we want to watch humans, which is the same species as, species as we are. People want to watch sports because we want to watch humans perform superhuman acts under ridiculous circumstances, That's why we love sports, right? Oh my gosh, I cannot feasibly imagine making a game-winning shot 
like Michael Jordan did, right? And there's no way I could do it at that level under the biggest stage with the lights the brightest they can be, right? Or deal with the adversity of always having to be on as LeBron James, like to not ever be in the tabloids for doing stupid crap. Like you have to be on all the time, right? Or to be pitching game six of the World Series, right? Those are very different games for people and a very different mindset about how we how we kind of go about our process going forward, right? And we need to acknowledge where people are at and understand that each of those pieces or each of those personalities provide a unique perspective that we should all honor, right? But at the same time, we watch it because they do things that we can't do, right? And that's why we love it. At the same time, as fitness professionals, we are that motivation to the Grandma Betty, to the Susie Q. I don't know how you just wake up every day and think about drinking a glass of water and going on a walk yeah. with your wife and then eating broccoli and chicken at lunch and then doing a workout at night when you're tired or waking up and staying up and editing a podcast and doing content, right? Everything's weird until it's not or because it, until it <laughs> provides an opportunity for you, yeah. right, to do it, right? How many people thought you guys were fucking nuts to quit Everyone. analyst jobs and uh, accounting jobs from big major players, right, to start a wellness life that you run retreats and teach classes and do all these things like everybody tells you it's stupid right because business sense we all went to business school business sense it tells you it's stupid to do that that's a poor decision right you're giving up guaranteed income for potential it's reasonable right but (laughs) now they're going oh shit look they're doing it right i'm sitting here today because a guy named aubrey marcus decided to create a fucking brain vitamin right that's essentially why i'm here and i get to travel the world doing the things i get to do so the podcast was geared in all of that was that the podcast was geared towards helping people understand that to get to where you are is more than just knowing how to squat, right? <laughs> this industry, the easiest thing about this industry is teaching someone how to do a squat or a bench press or a push up, right? That's the easy part of your job, creating a connection, right? Being a service of uh, living a life of service to be a better citizen of the world. That is what's going to make you in this industry be successful has nothing to do with how much you know about anatomy and it's great to know those things sports scientists oh my gosh like all the accolades to you in the world like you're smarter than i am that is not what i do and so i want to honor that but at the same time you know for me like i think that if we can improve the brand new person looking for inspiration or helping people be comfortable in their own skin about where they're at in the game right even if you want to be that person that's great but don't dishonor the fact that everybody has a perspective and a lens that's valuable and that should be honored. And that's what I want to accomplish through Fitness Break Room. And the tag of it is, is fitness is about community, right? We can all help each other out, be better, right? And that's the goal, not to put people down and not to bash on others and, and to uh, understand that, hey, they come from a different lens of perspective, right? So perspective only comes at a cost. Time, energy, money, relationships, effort, right? You only gain that perspective of living this better lifestyle now and running these retreats and you're so much more appreciative of it now because you worked at big four accounting firms sucking wiener for 90 hours a week (laughs) right living the corporate life of being an associate at walgreens as an analyst and having like that person your your superior might be blatantly wrong but because they're ahead of you like it doesn't matter if your information's right or this is the way we've always done it why would you try to do it this way um Sorry, it just automated the process that pulled the report, so I don't have to do it every week. So, uh, so I'm sorry. I thought I was still doing my job just better so I can do more. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you have to play that game, right? And so looking at, like, okay, well, 
how can I take something and what can I give to the world that others don't? And that's like, oh my gosh, I can bring the highlight because there's only so many people that make it on the Lewis House podcast or the Aubrey Marcus podcast. But being able to share and not that either of your journeys aren't valuable to be there by any means, but like all these people that want to be in the fitness industry, right? And a lot of people do. 40% of the people that come to the Ana Academy seminars are not trainers by profession. They are there as end users that are just wow. trying to stimulate their own life, whether they want to learn how to use clubs and maces better, or they're maybe dabbling. In the back of their head, they would maybe consider leaving to go be a trainer, right? There's three types of people that become trainers, right? And there's three types of clients, essentially, right? So we all come from the one that we worked, or you guys worked in corporate America, and you quit because, oh my gosh, this is a passion project. I'd rather be doing this for less money, but it makes me happy than working 90 hours a week and hating my life. There's the person, the client that I'm just getting ready for a wedding or a bachelor party or a reunion, and I want to impress the guy, the girl that blew me off in high school, so I want to look good, right, or look better, right? And then there's the, like, I make enough money that I just want to train because I enjoy doing it, right? Well, as trainers, there's a lot of people that come from, like, oh, I was just a corporate wellness person or a corporate person that just, like, oh, my gosh, I work out all the time. I might as well do it for my career, right, because it seems like fun. He works, doesn't work nine to five. He works, but obviously we know that we work a lot of different hours than nine to five, right? Or it's the like, oh my gosh, I lost a hundred pounds and now I'm like so grateful for my fitness journey. Like I want to share that. And both of those, like you're going to be able to understand where a corporate person, like corporate mom is or corporate dad or Joey B and meet them where they're at better because you live that lifestyle better than let's say the kid that's only been in fitness that's super shredded his entire life is like, yeah, just eat broccoli and tilapia. And you're like, uh, yeah, they, uh, yeah. Have you ever been in a corporate office where there's 9 million muffins and goldfish <laughs> yeah. and M&Ms all over? And when you're gassed out emotionally and your autonomic nervous system is tanked from doing all this shit. Yeah. That donut looks fucking good. <laughs> get off my nuts. Right. You don't get it. Right. Yeah. Cause my workplace doesn't have just chicken and broccoli as snacks in the middle of the break room. Right. So there's a much different value that you can meet people where they're at. Right. And that weight loss person that lost 100 pounds, she's going to be able to connect with that person yeah. so much differently. And they gain that perspective. Yes, it sucked to have been the adolescent person that was heavy and got made fun of. But guess what? If you can overcome that fucking shit and become a trainer or become someone that motivates others, you have something to share so much more than any of us can share. Right? Because we didn't go through that. I have no idea what it's like to be a 13-year-old girl in general <clears throat> uh, and then get made fun of for my weight. Right. So as much as I think that I can relate to that particular person that's coming to me for fitness help, do I think that like I can add value for sure. But tell you what, that girl over there can give you a hell of a lot more value. Right. And I think that she's going to be a much better fit for where you're at in your journey. Right. So maybe that would be the better solution for you to go to. Right. That's where fitness break room really spawned from is creating this idea of culture. And, you know, there's only so many performance coaches. There's only so many like celebrity trainers. There's only so many whatever's out there. Right. But at the same time, if we can all get on the same page that we can honor everybody else's journey and gain that perspective that I can learn something from you, just like you can learn something from me and I can learn something from that girl, even though she's not on the same level as me as a coach. Right. I can still learn something. And I can take the value away and I can be a better person tomorrow. So that's where Fitness Break Room really wanted to spawn from. Additionally, it's going to move into more of an agency in terms of uh, being able to provide services for trainers like graphic design and personal assistance and podcast production, et cetera. So we're going in that direction, but also trying to streamline education um, uh, opportunities as well. But right now it's just a podcast interviewing people, talking about their story into fitness and giving people perspective uh, to be able to understand like, hey, this industry's freaking hard. 
and it's not, it doesn't come without trials and tribulations. But tell you what, if you can survive those experiences where you're like, okay, well, we better make a sale today so we can afford to eat tomorrow. Like that's a very different game, and hopefully, you know, able to inspire people. Like, hey, it, it's just because you see that person, you respect these guys over here. They had to go through what you were doing before. Yeah. Um, be less fat really came from you know coming from a, a very traditional periodized you know training style like where I lift X amount at what percentage in these days. Um, I was very stuck in a certain way of training and have evolved obviously from that to understand that like hey you know what just sometimes just doing a little bit of something is better than nothing at all and. Being okay with okay, let's add some rotary training and let's use some submaximal loads. Like let's not always lift heavy, right? It was something I had to really learn how to do. And um, when I'm in Austin, I try to go swimming because it's like a good form of cardio and it's a nice way to get outside and keep my tan up. And um, you know, it's 100 degrees in Texas, so it feels good. <laughs> and uh, I would just tag. I'd, I'd just put on there like just trying to be less fat. Right. And I get a shitload of messages from people like, oh, my gosh, it's so funny. And I'm like, yeah, like, like, let's be honest. I'm not a swimmer. You're not going to look at me like, I bet that dude's good at swimming. (laughs) I'm built like this really awkward shaped South Park character. And it's just like, (laughs) I'm very, um, I'd be a great buoy. But I would not make a very streamlined seal to run through the water, even though I'm hairless, right? So I'm like, oh, just try to be less fat. And people are like, oh, that's really funny. And I'm like, yeah, like this is just a little bit of effort to have less fat in my body than I did yesterday. <laughs> or maybe offset some of the bad decisions I made earlier. And it turned into like, oh, that's funny. And then I'm like, oh, I've been debating getting in the online space. Not from like I want to run online programs, but to have uh, standalone programs. And something I can just set and build some passive revenue, right? So I can start working on some other projects that are that are close to me that uh, need more money than I make <clears throat> to do. To be perfectly honest, and uh, so I was like, oh, most people, like I was saying earlier, most people want to make sure they still fit in their jeans, they want to fend off diabetes, but they still want to go out and crush a couple beers with their buddies and go to happy hour and eat nice dinners, right? They don't want to go home and meal prep. They don't want to get into a new city and work out. They don't want to, you know, they don't care about, like, yeah, well, they like bigger biceps for sure. But are they really willing to go through that process to do that at that level that we would go through it? Probably not. So they just want to be a little less fat. They just want to live a better life. But most people need permission. Most, I'm going to say that again. Most people need permission that they don't need to go all ass to grass, like off the wall to get X results. A really moderate program, a mediocre program executed at 100% is 10 times more valuable than following a really amazing program done at 10%. You know what I mean? So for most people, I wanted to create a program for people to just follow along and like, hey, you don't need to go all crazy for your program. You don't need to make all these amazing changes, right? Would it be good if you did? For sure. But like, let's give you a break a little bit. Like, be okay with like, this is what you need to do. So it's a 12-week program focused on around being a little less fat, right? And every day has got a goal. Like, Today, your goal is to drink three glasses of water, and you get extra credit if you go on a 10-minute walk without your phone, right? That's your goal for the day. And then, okay, here's some breath work if you want to do I want you to take 10 big, deep breaths before you start your day in the morning, right? And then there's a mobility warm-up for people, and then, like, Monday is a strength day. So there's a squat, a push, a press, or a, a squat, a push, a, whole, a pull, and a lunge component. And it's a very basic strength training, right? It's based on RPE. There's regressions and progressions built in for people who don't have those skill sets to do things. And uh, then Tuesday is like, oh, go on a 60-minute walk. 
Wednesday is here's a mobility day slash body weight circuit you can do. Thursday is uh, the same workout as Monday, right? Build some consistency, some accumulative volume. Fridays may be more of a bro pump day, like uh, glutes, abs, and arms, right? People like those things, right? And then Saturday is like go to a spin class, go to a yoga class, go to berries, go to go do something active, right? Sunday is go play in the park, go on a hike, go on a walk, right? Go see a movie for all I give a shit. Do something. Go play with your kids. I don't care, right? But like oh, this program really only had two days of, like, working working out, right? And it was, like, it's very baseline. It's, like, if you follow this, like, oh, just and stay consistent to it every day, like, don't be so hard on yourself. Because a lot of people, right, if like, they don't start their day off with X breakfast and X workout, like, eh, today's in the shitter. Fuck it. I'll start tomorrow, right? And then did you realize that this year was the ultimate Monday? January 1st fell on a Monday. <laughs> So there's like, oh, I'll start on Monday, or I'll start on January 1st. And like, yep, both of them happened this year on a Monday. So ultimate Monday. But um, yeah, most people like, hey, you know what? Like, don't try to be perfect, right? So you woke up and had the breakfast burrito because you had a breakfast meeting. Okay. Well, then try to get a green vegetable in at lunch and dinner, right? And drink six glasses of water, or whatever it is, or yeah. still do your workout. Like, but I tell you what, if you followed something even that basic for 12 weeks, you're going to be less fat. Right. This yeah. isn't the program like, oh, and could you get shredded doing this program? For sure. Right. Could you get stronger? Yeah. Right. But at the end of it all, we just want to be a little less fat than we were yesterday. Right. Not trying to be have abs, not trying to lift the world, just trying to be a little less fat. Right. And, and you know, for the people that are prepared to want to lash out and say I'm fat shaming, I'm not the leanest guy in the room by any means. Right. Like I'm probably floating at like 18 percent body fat right now. Like it's it's not like I'm in a shredded fitness model by at all. So understand that. Two, I'm not trying to fat shame, right? In the sense of like, I'm not putting you down for your weight, right? Do you work out to have less fat in your body? Well, yeah. Okay. But well, then you're actively trying to be less fat. Do you eat a green vegetable because it's better for you than, than uh, McChickens? Yeah. Okay. Then you're actively trying to be a little less fat, right? So this is just a goal for you to be a little less fat than you were before. And so it's just a general program, super easy for everybody to do. No matter where you're at in your skill set, you should be able to do it at home to a, a gym or your apartment gym. Or you can do it at your like, – if you want to get after it, like you definitely have built-in ways to like get after it on the program. Uh, and then I'll package that. Um, I'll have uh, Be Less Weak, which will be a strength training program. And then Be Less Stiff, which will be a mobility program. Cool. And then I'll package them all together uh, for New Year's in the Be Less Shitty Starter Pack. <laughs> right just be a little less shitty than you were yesterday that's so good. right full so, circle yeah, yeah. um I and then that. uh so that's where that came from is like all right let's just try to touch some audience of like look let's people look at like maybe some of the stuff i would do like on instagram like oh that's more complex than i'm prepared to do because i understand like i have a much more movement variety than a lot of people do right so sometimes i'm targeting a trainer like oh look you can do this with this tool it is okay to look at it from this capacity or maybe it's just a hotel workout like hey look yeah i can lift the world and i can do all these cool things but like sometimes i just do a basic workout in the hotel right and like to show you like hey that's sometimes what i have to do to get after it for my fitness level right um but like being able to do have a large movement uh index to be able to like oh sometimes i work on my sprinting Sometimes I work on just, like, my mobility. Sometimes I work on all these different avenues. Gave me a much greater index of resources in my head 
that allows me to connect as well as allows me to understand movement a little bit more efficiently. So when we look at it from um, like the Jake Arietta standpoint, uh, working with a very high level performing athlete, you know, for I know probably a lot of your audience is Chicago based, um, and you guys probably know this guy uh, was a, is a Chicago celebrity, right? And and a couple no hitters, a Cy Young award, and a World Series. I think that made people in Chicago pretty happy. We know who he is. Yeah, um, but he's maybe one of the arguably one of the best athletes in the world. Not just because he throws a baseball really well, but this dude pays more attention to his warm up and everything that we do with such attentive detail to how he moves his body because it's his craft. Right? As Jason said, like that's how he makes his paycheck. Right now, understand that. Like I think I'm a good coach. I deliver information well. I get the outcome that I'm looking for. I am not an elite sports scientist that's going to get you that next 1% more than what you ever did. Like I'm not using a force plate to measure how much output you're putting out and increasing your range of motion. I've got um, uh, ergometers to measure like, okay, well, your scap glides four degrees more and which could allow you to throw the ball X amount fat, whatever, right? That's not me. I respect the hell out of the people that can do that, right? The Bobby Stroops, the Brian Bucks, the Eric Cressys, like amazing coaches out there that do amazing work. I want to, I need to live in my lane, right? I live in a lane where it's like, you know what? My goal with like a Jake or any of the baseball athletes or any of the athletes I work with is to provide varied stress, right? So that way, when you introduce stress in a controlled environment, that's what training is, introduction of stress in these environments to where they have to manage it in a chaotic environment, like the field of sport, their body is prepared to handle it, right? So I want to provide him an opportunity to introduce himself to the greatest variety of stresses possible, in a variety of movement uh, realms where you also insert that stress from different parameters, right? Um, So maybe it's squatting with a barbell on his back. Maybe it's squatting with a kettlebell. Maybe it's squatting with a club or a mace, right? And you have days that you introduce different stresses than others, right? So without getting too deep into the programming aspect of it, of breaking it down, it's it's, it's not as... uh, unique in in how the training program is set up as one might think okay let's let's just start with it there um the best ability i can give any athlete i work with is availability it is really hard to get paid millions of dollars if you're hurt all the time right say that again the best ability is availability right so let's look at it this way is a deadlift a functional good exercise for everybody to be able to do in some capacity yeah everybody's shaking their head absolutely okay well, if Jake hurts his back deadlifting with me and can't go pitch a baseball where he gets paid millions of dollars to throw a baseball, is that deadlift valuable anymore? No, it's now invaluable because it detours him from what he needs to do to get paid, right? Is a deadlift a great thing for Grandma Betty to do so she can be able to pick up her own groceries and embrace her grandchildren? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but if Grandma Betty hurts her back deadlifting with you in the gym and can't pick up her grandchild, which is why she wanted to start training in the first place, that deadlift became invaluable, right? So... Fitness should enhance our life and what we choose to do with it and how we choose to allocate our time. It shouldn't detour away from that. Now, if your goal, if what makes you happy is competing in a CrossFit competition and beating the shit out of yourself to win, awesome. I hope that brings you happiness and I would love that. Understand that if you're now hurt from that and you can't compete, that's a different game. Then we need to ask a different question. What do we need to do to keep you on the field to compete at that level? Right? So everything's good until it's not, right? right? CrossFit might've been great. You might've lost a bunch of weight. You might've changed the way your mindset around your body and your confidence level. And it might've given you all these things. But as soon as you get hurt and can no longer do what that, that shine that light on your life. Now, all of a sudden you might start asking different questions, but like, Ooh, I'm really unhappy. I'm going down a dark place because fitness was that flow state for you. 
that was that mindset that gave you the opportunity to, okay, this is where I find happiness, right? So understand that with training a high-level athlete, number one goal is they're not allowed to leave more fucked up than they walked in, right? And if I'm, let's look at it this way, if I'm out pushing forklifts in the parking lot with Jake just for a cool Instagram video and he gets hurt during the season, was I really giving him the best value he could do, spend his time with me uh, on? Probably not. Right. So um, as much as I want to be the Eric Cressies of the world and know that much about shoulder health, I'm really excited to go train with him this month and learn from him and help understand how we can work together uh, and learn from one of the best. But like that's also not me. Right. So I'm fully aware of that and I'm okay with where I'm at in my lane. And I want to learn from guys like that and hopefully introduce that. But if it needs to get to his level, I have no problem saying you need to go see Eric. You need to go to Boston and go work with him because that is that is not my not my lens, right? And I think that's where a lot of coaches get caught up. Our egos egos are way too involved, right? People are like, oh, you did look at all this stuff that you did with Jake. And I was like, I didn't make him. He was already a World Series champ and a Cy Young Award winner and a freak in the in the weight room. I did nothing except make sure he didn't get hurt on my watch and made sure that he liked coming, right? That was it, right? He was already one of the best athletes in the world, right? And to do what he's done. So understand that I don't take credit for any of the stuff that he's done. I just want to be a resource for him to be able to help stay where he is. Um, there was a period where we had just kind of started training and last September he, he hurt his hamstring and, uh, I was texting him cause I was watching the three games prior to his hamstring injury, his hamstring injury. And then I watched the three games he came back from, uh, and I was texting him about it and uh, he's like, Oh man, you watching film. I was like, yeah, man, uh, your agent's asking for a pretty hefty contract. And if you get hurt on my watch, that means that's deterring from your family what you can get, right? And that, that would jeopardize maybe what you can do later with your life because I was trying to push my initiatives across for my program. And he's like, oh. So that's where we kind of went from just being clients to friends is that like, hey, look, I don't have an ego in this. I don't care if you shout me out on ESPN. Like, am I going to argue if you do, <laughs> right? But like, like that's not what validates us having a really good relationship, my my, my validation for a good relationship this year is that you have 30 starts, you stay off the DL, you throw 200 innings, and you have you feel you come back to me this next offseason. You're like, man, I felt great. Let's do this. That's how I knew. I know we did well, right? Everything else, like, it doesn't matter to me, right? I don't need that validation for for our relationship, right? And so it really changed because you know the first question I sat down when we started training was, tell me what you feel makes your body feel the best so you perform the best way possible. I was like, oh. Just nobody really asked me that, right? And I'm like, you're one of the best players in the world. Like, what am I going to do to give you anything other than making sure that, okay, if that's what, like, yes, I, as a trainer, like, I know certain things are going to help him better than others, right? But if he feels like, let's say speed ladders, right? A lot of argument about speed ladders being good for linear speed or not. And, and we're not even going to get into the argument about it. But if I've got a defensive back or if I've got a receiver or a basketball player and he says, God, speed ladders make me feel athletic and I feel like I'm getting the most out of it, my training, you know what? He's going to get to do some speed ladders, right? Does that mean I'm not going to get my initiatives across and help do things that are actually going to help him for linear speed? Oh, shit, I just gave away my theory on speed ladders. But um, then then we're going to do that, right? If I give you this, then we got to do that, right? But you're going to get your cookie, yeah, right? You get your cookie. If you like to lift heavy, cool. We're going to lift heavy. If you like to do speed ladders, we're going to do some speed ladders. Dosed, controlled, right? But if I give you that, then we have to do this, right? I need to get what I want. Right, and I need to get what you need by giving you what you want, and feel, feel like you're getting what you need. Yeah. Right, so it's meeting them where they're at. Right. Additionally, so the biggest thing is be willing to have a conversation. Understand that, like, yeah, you might be an expert in training, but this dude made it to this point in life and his career without you already. 
right? So he's already good, right? So maybe you should go in with the idea of how can you enhance what he already does and add value in where he sees fit. And as they trust you more, that gives you the opportunity to do more, right? But the number one thing in general is trust. These athletes, everybody, a lot of trainers want to work with athletes, right? Hands down. Like that's how they feel that they're valuable is when they teach workshops and education and they train athletes. And for these athletes, they're getting pitched on stuff all the time. Try this, do this, try this, do this. No one's doing this. Do it with me, right? When they pull into the locker rooms, when they pull into the the team parking lot, people lined up out at the street. Hey, autograph this, that. And I'm like, you can't go out to eat. You can't go to the grocery store. You can't do any of these things that you and I can do, fly under the radar and just go do without getting hammered on all the time, always being presented on a sale. So for them, a lot of them are skeptical. A lot of them are, it's not that they're assholes about it. It's like, oh my gosh, when you just become blind to it when it's everybody's always asking for something for you. And here's the thing. It might be valuable for you to train him. Was it valuable for him to have you get trained by you? Right? So my job right now on it is partnerships. And I get to do a lot of speaking engagements. Right. And I get a lot of people that reach out that say, hey, you know, if, if I had the on it name on my gym, I'd be the biggest thing ever. And it's like, OK, but what if you were the biggest thing ever and then you had the on it name? Wait, what? Yeah. What if it was us having our name on your spot was valuable for us as much as it is valuable for you to have the on it name? Oh, I've never thought about it that way. Right. Just because it's valuable for you doesn't mean it's valuable for them. Right. So make sure that anytime you're trying to serve a relationship in any capacity, lead with value. Always lead with value. Right. What can you do to serve their initiatives to make them feel better? Right. You guys are on a mission to help serve the opportunity for these individuals to live a better life through opportunities of retreats or meditation or fitness or yoga or mindset. Right. And you're meeting them where they're at. Right. And that's the opportunity that you guys are trying to install. Right. For your clientele. Right. But it's not about just pushing your initiatives like, well, if you guys aren't going to come to the retreat, then I can't talk to you. Like that'd be probably a pretty poor business model for you. And you guys, we probably wouldn't be sitting here in Austin, you know, on a bachelor party would be, you know, on a landline trying to crank the phone to make sure it works. (laughs) And uh, so understand that, like, you know, just like I said, with speaking in order to be a speaker, people got to want to hear you speak. Right, you got to go in providing value on the front end. So whether it's a big partnership with a company like Exos or Adidas or Nike, the NFL, uh, or training a high-level athlete, or being an instructor at Barry's, or running a retreat, or training a one-on-one client out of uh, FFC, right? Is that you guys' local yeah. big gym, right? What do you, are you doing to provide value to them? Right. So if Grandma Betty walks up to you in the gym at, at a twenty-four or a Golds or an FFC and wants to start training. What value are you giving them to enhance their life? She doesn't give a shit about what her 3RM and her back squat is. She might learn to, right? She might give you that trust to where, like, she finds fun and drive in that, and that's what she likes to do. But that might not be what she's showing up to you first, right? She might be there because she's like, I'm tired of my back hurting, and I realize that I'm 65 years old, and I may not be able to play with my grandkids in three years because of the way my body is, so I'm trying to nix that in the ass now. Right. So maybe barbell back squatting might be a great tool for her to get better so she can do the things that she wants to do. But if you're so preoccupied about getting what your initiative is and maybe it's one of the initiatives she needs. Right. She, it's not going to serve her. You need to meet her where she's at. So that way you can provide that value so that way she can get the most of what she needs going forward. And then they ask for more. 
right? So with these athletes, like for me, like I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm very blessed in that I get to work with a lot of amazing educators and get around a lot of amazing stimulus. But really, I'm just trying to provide an experience for him that makes him feel like he's getting the best possible use of his time so that way he can perform the best on the field possible. Right. And so it's, you know, a lot of it's GPP, general physical preparation. Right. I did not do any sort of specialized physical focused effort like, okay, we're not using weighted balls. We're not using like I'm not looking at your arm mechanics. Right. I'm not your pitching coach. So my goal is to make sure when you show up to your pitching coach, you're going to be great. Right. And so it just happens to work out that he's so well respected in the fitness space as a baseball player and having played at the highest level that he has a lot of respect in that avenue. Right. And so it makes it easy for other guys to want to engage because I work with him. Right. But it could have very easily been some kid in double A, right, that doesn't have that name. And I wouldn't have the same opportunities. I wouldn't have agents hitting me up asking if they can bring guys to me or having, um, you know, other MLB players texting me asking if they can come train with me. Right. Like, it's great. And I love from a baseball fan standpoint, I love nothing more than I have these guys hit me up to come and train or that I get to go out to this team and go work with their athletes. Right. But at the same time, it stemmed from the opportunity. I had to make sure I delivered value first because I'm okay saying that publicly, like, hey, I trained Jake, and, and I know if he got word of this, like, he'd have no problem acknowledging that, right? And, and, and no problem acknowledging our relationship, right? But some of these other guys, like, I don't have that with them yet, right? Because Jake was the only guy I worked with last year. And so, um, but the fact that he can lead me into these other conversations to where people are like, oh, if it's good enough for him, then it must be good enough for me, right? Which is awesome. But then also making sure that I acknowledge the people that I respect in the industry, like, hey, I respect what you do. Like, can I learn from it? Or like, what do you think? Or I would love for you to have input in this so that way we can bring the best possible scenario. Because let's look at it from the in-house strength coach, right? So the Phillies have a strength coach, right? They have two of them. And uh, I went up opening day to go uh, see Jake and just watch games and hang out. But we trained, right? And so I trained him in in the Phillies clubhouse. And uh, their strength coaches watched me. Right. And uh, not to judge, just to see what I've done. And uh, then uh, Gabe Kapler, the manager for the Phillies, came up. He's like, oh, you Jake's guy? He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, okay, I'd love to work with you later. I was like, great. So I trained Gabe uh, that evening in the gym. And once again, Dong, their strength coach, watched me train. And then him and I had like a two-hour conversation about training and just about methodologies. And, and I go, look, you've been doing this for 25 years. Like, you know more about training baseball players than I will ever know right, in my life. So I respect the fuck out of that. I go, but – Here's where it is for me is that I'm your if I'm working with your players off season right and you've got them in season right it would be naive of us to think that Jake being your highest paid player that more of your guys aren't going to follow him this off season to come probably work with me as well he's like yeah you're probably right about that and I said look I want you to understand that like if I'm doing stupid shit like put, pushing forklifts in the parking lot just to get a cool Instagram video and he gets hurt guess who gets fired not me right I'm the one who got to post a cool Instagram video. Right? You're the one that's like you hurt the $30 million a year player type of guy. So I want us to be on the same page so that way we're always working towards making sure we're delivering the best athlete possible. Right, Because the only person who loses, if you and I don't talk, is the athlete. Right, So understand like, hey, I want us to have a call at the end of the season. Like, Let me know what you're going to need more out of him and I want to make sure I deliver that to you. Right. Let's make sure that we're on the same page and we're always on this continuous dialogue because my outcome, my respect is going to be come when he has a great and his body feels good and he's performing for you where you all get paid. Right. So being able to understand, like, I live in this lane. This is the value I provide. Right. It's not outside of my lane. And I want to make sure I'm communicating the best way possible. And I think that's what excuse me, if people want to work with more professional athletes in that in that status, 
Um, they got to come into it without their ego of like, oh my God, I'm changing. I'm the gift. I'm God's gift to sports science, and I'm doing this, and no one's doing this. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like that's so exhausting to hear. Yeah, like come in and like if that guy likes you, if that athlete likes working with you, awesome. You have their buy-in. You have their trust. Now it's up to you to make sure that you're delivering a great experience so that way they're staying healthy on the field. So it's up to you to go out and build these relationships with these other coaches or the other people that are part of this person's life so that way you're all on the same page without trying to install your initiatives on that person, whether it's the way you eat or the way you train, right? It's just like religion or politics, right? Why are you so preoccupied with trying to install your beliefs on mine? Can we have a a real discussion about what you think? Awesome. I think that's a great thing. I would love to install. Can I learn from you more about how I can install that training style into my programming? That's a different conversation than, like, I don't understand why you're not squatting him. Like, if he has stronger legs, he's going to be a better pitcher. Well, maybe, kind of, sort of. Uh, depends, right? Because he was already pretty strong throwing a pretty good baseball before he was with me. So maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah. If that were the example of, you know, the argument I might get, you know. So um, all of it kind of really gets tied together in terms of, like, meeting people where they're at, Right finding out what the story is behind someone and understanding how you can create value or add to the add to their story or add to their relationship or add to yours because you're obviously going to win from that too um, is, is super important and uh, you know one of the books I read this last year was uh, the five love languages and uh, and and this is coming from a 31 year old single dude right like it's not that I'm trying to like find true love it's that like I want to understand how to connect with people better what is the way you express love and what is the way you receive love, right? Whether it's quality time, physical touch, gift giving, acts of service, um, or words of affirmation, right? So maybe you have an athlete that like they need to be choked up a little bit. Hey, man, that was really awesome. You're doing really great, right? Versus maybe it's just a pat on the butt. Maybe it's like going out and grabbing uh, lunch with them and just spending time and like, hey, what do you like to do outside of the field, right? Because that's one that these guys never get asked. Who are you outside of being a baseball player? Uh, right? All they want to do is like, I didn't understand why you got hit, didn't hit this game. Or why didn't you throw a slider on this pitch? I'm like, do you think that dude wants to talk about that in his time off? Like, maybe learn about what else he likes to do. Right? Or how's he liking his new city? Or whatever it is. Right? That's where you can connect with people. That's how we can install this is being able to bring all these things together about communicating better with people, understanding how they receive and express love. That gives you the opportunity how to connect with people and maybe tell a better story about how they got to so you can show people perspective, right? My perspective or my trial and tribulation that I went through for that shitty experience to get that perspective is now your gift. So now you can take that perspective and it's now your tool Right, that you can change the way you what road you take. Right, that's why I want to share it. Or maybe it's like, let me take all this information I have, and yes, I realize I have a platform of I get to work with these athletes and teach this stuff and work with these people. But like, look at the base level. Like, if the uh, who I would have my grandma or any of my former clients or my parents or whoever, if they're going to do something, this would be the program I wish they would do. Right, that's where be less fat came from. I just want to stack it around something humorous as opposed to making fitness so so rigid and, and stiff all the time, right? I was just talking to John Goodman about um, this program, and John runs the Personal Trainer Development Center as well as the Online Trainer Academy. And, uh, you know, he was a part of the Precision Nutrition team uh, back when they launched Scrawny to Brawny uh, quite a few years ago. And he's like, I'm really intrigued to see how Be Less Fat goes because Scrawny to Brawny did really well, 
But it also had some lashback because guys don't want to admit they're scrawny. Like, it's kind of hard to want to say, like, oh, that's me, right? But it was also coming from a serious note where you're coming from a super satirical being funny. Like, everybody's got a little fat on them. Everybody has fat on them, right? So it's like, oh, you're making fun of it. Like, oh, we're just trying to be less fat, right? So I'm he's super intrigued to see where that goes. So it's bringing humor to the lightness of what training is and, like, it doesn't need to be this serious. It's great if you can. And I understand, like, it, me saying that has more credibility because I do work with ex-people, yeah. right? That's why I want to do it. It's like, if I'm going to have this platform, right, that's why I want to use that platform to deliver that experience, right? We're all just building our platform for our next evolution. The WWE was a platform for The Rock to become Dwayne Johnson, right? To become one, the highest paid actor of all time in a year, right? To become this ultra personality. SNL was a platform for Jimmy Fallon. NSYNC was a platform for Justin Timberlake, for them to go on and do different things, right? 24-Hour Fitness was my first platform to put me into fitness, right? Going to that uh, kiteboarding job was uh, a pivotal moment that made me force my hand to come back and actually get deeper and go into training because I didn't have any other options, right? Moving to Texas was what forced me to get out of my own way from kind of floundering around and just being settling for being happy, right, to find me into getting into on it. On it is building the platform for me to be a personality inside of fitness, for me to have equity in the fact that I can launch something like Fitness Break Room and be less fat and get clients like Jake, which is going to build the platform for me to get to the next level and touch even more people, right? Everybody's just building their platform for how they can give back if they really look at it, right? We all just give back in very different ways. So. Yeah, I think that's that's super incredible. I think one one main point there was you just talked about a lot was the perspective and being able to own your perspective on on everything and one of our main initiatives is just having the best day ever every day yeah. and that's a perspective type thing right your day will happen regardless of like regardless of anything because time continues to go on <laughs> so to from now from when we started this podcast until now it has been x time right but the perspective on what you do and the perspective on what happens is the best day ever mindset. And so one question we love to ask everybody is you wake up tomorrow and I know that you're traveling or whatever, but say you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, what is your best day ever look like um, and why? Man, best day ever for me is uh, I get to wake up and I feel super refreshed. <laughs> like I'm not worried about what time zone am I in or where city am I in, <laughs> which is a really weird feeling if you've never done that. Like waking up in Dallas being like, why am I, why is my alarm going off right now? Oh shit, I need to go to the airport. <laughs> where I'm in da- okay, cool. And then you just take to that moment. But waking up in a city where I'm like, okay, wake up. You, you know when you wake up, you're just like you just open your eyes, you're like, I feel good. Yeah. Man, I'm like yeah. ready to go. Yeah. Like if I could just have that every day where it's like Yeah. I'm gonna walk in. I, I have this little morning routine where I chug a glass of water and then I do a glass of athletic greens for like just a green supplement, and then I do um like some electrolytes, creatine, glutamine, and then I drink that, and then I'm making my coffee. So I'm like 97 ounces of fluid by the time I come to the office. Um, but then, you know, drink my coffee, do that, maybe uh, write some copy, work on some personal projects. Uh, when you're most creative, when you can't, when you're not reactive, right? Something I'm really trying hard to do is learning how to block my time more efficiently. Uh, it's a little harder when I'm changing time zones and I'm not fresh in these moments, but, um, you're more cognitively driven first thing in the morning when you haven't had a chance to be reactive to the day. So I like to come in and start my day by doing something that takes high cognitive function, like writing copy or designing something that I want to do or architecting out what the future of maybe a project I want to do is. Um, and then, 
um, eating breakfast uh, and having like a nice calm morning. Oh, and I'd love as much as I like Austin. I, I miss cool mornings like in the Northwest, and I want to walk outside and have my coffee in like 55 degrees with a sweatshirt yeah. and sweats, and just God. like drink it and then walk back yes. into my house. But instead, it's like 90 degrees outside, and I'm like, yeah, hot coffee outside. Uh, I'm in shorts. I'll just blast and no the shirt. AC because <laughs> the AC is going so strong in my house. I'll just do that, right? And you guys are like, yeah, it's cold where we live a lot, so like, you can go f yourself. Um, <laughs> we respect it, right? But then uh, like doing that, and then come in, train and get a workout in and then come home, eat lunch, shower, and then be reactive to my day and be able to like go to meetings, to be on podcasts, get through my emails. Um, and, and my dream would be never have to do email. And like, I have someone that does it for me and just say, Hey, what do you want to say to this? Blah, 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 blah. Cool. Done. Like that's my ultimate dream is to never have to email. So I hate it. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I really look to, uh, Mark Fisher's a, a big mentor for me out in New York and, uh, you know, he's great with doing this lifestyle and, and he travels like I do. So I'm even more impressed by him, but that would be my ultimate goals. Wake up, be, be drive some content do some personal projects that take cognitive function, go in, work out, then be reactive to the day podcast, email, excuse me, meetings, anything else of that nature. Uh, and then come home, go to a really nice dinner, hang out, have a glass of wine or a drink, you know, be with people I enjoy being around, go to bed and do it all over. Um, Notice none of that really installed a lot of work <laughs> that where I didn't want to do it. But like to be honest, like my goal at some point in my career, I'm about to be 32 in a couple weeks, and is to be able to live where I want when I want. So if I want to live in Spain for six weeks and just eat paella and drink all the wine, then I do that. And if I want to go backpack Argentina, I go do that. And if I want to live in LA for six months, I do that. Like that's my ultimate goal in life, where I have that financial and uh, professional flexibility to live that lifestyle, um, to do those things. And I'm willing right now to work 40 weekends a year and to travel like this because it's going to provide me that. And I hope it's with on it. I really do. I hope it provides that opportunity. I get to do those things with them. Um, but at 31, like I understand too, that we can outgrow each other, right? And that's always a possibility. No matter what you do, you guys might outgrow, live better. All right. And it doesn't serve what you want to do anymore. And that's okay. Right. And understand that, like, hey, what you put your heart and your energy into, like, that's okay. And just because it changes, that's okay, too. So that would be my perfect day if I can do that. Um, Maybe, you know, be on a podcast, host a podcast, um, you know, connect with because I I thrive on my love languages are uh, quality time. I express and receive in both quality time. And so, like, I just really love connecting with people. So whether it's doing something like this to whether it's, uh, you know, going and eating, whether it's going and training, whether it's like whatever that is, like, I really that's where I get my energy. I'm like 90,000 percent more extroverted than the rest of the world and have a large social bandwidth. So, like, this is what I thrive on. Right. And so that, you know, that's how I can live my best day is, you know, take, having the balance of taking my personal care with myself and how I want to live and then being able to express that life and love and give that to the people that I want to surround myself with day to day. Um, and then still living a life that I enjoy to do where I'm not confined by, I have to go home and eat chicken breast and broccoli that I can go out <laughs> and have a really nice big old 40 ounce steak and a big old glass of wine and have a great day. Like, and then still have abs. Like that'd be, that would be cool. <laughs> like I've never been that like, yeah, I wake up. I still have abs. Like I wake up and I'm like, Oh, I almost see an ab. That's awesome. Right. So maybe if I don't eat like an asshole for the next couple weeks, I might see two abs. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the same time, like I'm super comfortable with my body and I'm self-deprecating humor is more than okay with for me. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, in goal, like it'd be awesome if I could, but I also give up the idea, like the way I live right now. And like, that's just not in the cards. Yeah. Right. Having a big squat right now and is not in the cards because of my travel schedule and my life. Right. Could if I put more priorities into that instead of other projects, 
for sure, right? But this last weekend was like the only weekend I have in Austin this month. And I chose to shoot 120 videos for info product and for be less fat, right? So it's like I'm choosing to give up that social life to do that, right? But I could very easily reallocate my time to things that serve that, right? So you can't have it all, right? You can't hit, you can't hit, and you know, 300 and celebrate hitting 300, and then get really pissed off that you're hitting 200, right? You got to give the good times and the bad times, and you got to respect both pieces of the journey, right? And so for me, like right now, I'm okay with the lifestyle that I live right now. Because it's not many people get this opportunity that I have right now in front of me. So I'm going to take it for everything it's worth. Um, and right now, kind of every day is the best life. Whether I wake up tired and um, maybe not quite ready to be on or ready quite to do some of these things, uh, it's pretty amazing to look back and realize, oh, tomorrow I'm going to go teach a seminar. Next week I'm going to Boston to go see some games at Fenway and then go train with the best baseball performance coach. And then I'm speaking at an event at, from Mike Robertson at iFast. And then I'm going to L.A. to meet up with the Dodgers and the Mets. Like... My life's okay, right? <laughs> it's like, it's not a bad life. Is it tiring? For sure. But like at the end of the day, like, shit, life's, life's good. I'm living better every day. Awesome. Well, we we so much appreciate your time um, putting us through a workout yesterday. Yeah, it was amazing. It was very generous. Um, and, you know, we, we look up to you for a lot of the things you're doing and your journey is incredible. And we're just super excited for everybody to hear about it. So yeah, thanks so much awesome. for, thanks. for thanks being guys. on the show. Pleasure for, thanks, thanks for having me on. Yeah. We messed up the first time. Ryan messed up the first time. <laughs> yeah. so, this um, was good. Running yeah. around too. Yeah, but yeah. now we got Jason on. Yeah, here, so exactly. Got a little more flavor. <laughs> awesome, guys. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Sam. Thanks so much, Sam. Thank you so much for listening to the Live Better Show. Awesome, cool, really fun guest. We are extremely excited to extend you guys a discount on our retreat for listening to this episode. If you can make it to our next Live Better experience, email ham at livebetterco.org. H-A-M at livebetterco.org. Yet we go ham. You want a discount off the next trip? Hit us up. Have the best day ever. <laughs>